0: is good everybody welcome to the crossover podcast here on the gold standard podcast network i'm rob stats guerrera if you are new to the show this is where we take a deep dive on the 49ers opponent of the week with someone who knows a hell of a lot more about that team than i do this week i'm very pleased and privileged to welcome jamal Forrest from hogshaven and the trapper dive podcast jamal covers the commanders
1: thank you so much it's been a long time since we talked so i appreciate you coming back on I appreciate you for having me. Um, I'm a little jealous of you alls situation right now, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, y'all did a ton of good things over there in San Fran um, and and, and we're a ways behind, but nevertheless, good talking football. So I appreciate you for having me, man.
0: I remember what it was like when, when the Niners were terrible. Uh, Trust me. (laughs) I remember the bad old days. Let me just tell you, you hire the right coach. And everything can turn around. It, it all started with that for the 49ers. There's no reason Washington can't do the same. And it looks like Ron Rivera is coaching his final games in Washington.
1: Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. It, it, the, you're finding the right guys. Uh, we have a top-down approach, essentially, where we, we need to get the GM to. Um, and and we'll kind of see how things play out. But you're not lying. And uh, thank God, because I, like I told you before the, the show started, uh, Ron Rivera has been getting on my last nerves. <laughs> But I'm 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 so glad that this is uh, almost over and we can kind of turn a new leaf because he's the last man standing of the Dan Snyder uh, toxic circle. Not to call Ron toxic, but he was just part of the he was just part of the the body of toxicity. So I'm just glad he's almost out the door.
0: Okay, let's start with the Commanders' decision to go with Jacoby Brissett this week. Is that what is your reaction to that decision? Is it a good decision? Does it make the offense better? what What were your thoughts?
1: Well, um, it definitely makes the offense better. Um, I, I think the issue when you kind of dive deep into the decision is just understanding where Sam Howe is currently right now. and And I think uh, if all things were equal in, in a sense of mentally, Sam Howe was still able to execute the offense and and not revert back to some of the the bad habits that he's he's shown, whether it's coming out of college or even early on into the season, right? Um, I think that Sam Howe would still be the starter, Uh, but I think the the shift started to turn after um, you have a a stretch of a poor game, starting with the New York Giants game, right, Where um, or the second New York Giants game, where you see a quarterback who's struggling to to really understand the games that defensive coordinators play, right? Then you get a, a, a situation in the second half of the Rams game, where Jacoby Brissett comes in, and the veteran quarterback, quote unquote, shows you how it's done, and it he makes the Rams defense look like it's like it's a, a pee wee football team, like not in a disrespectful way, but just in the sense of like he's just taking exactly what they give him, like he's seen this a thousand times before, right? Jacob Brissett is a person who understands concepts defensively. He understands how to uh, use his eyes and use his head to manipulate defenses, especially that third level where the safeties are and to make and create these big opportunities for his offense. And I think for, for Washington, that decision was made because Sam Howell has hit a wall, but Jacob Brissett for these last two weeks gives people a chance, not necessarily to just win the game. Right. But you're talking about give people a chance to um, like, look some type of way as they close the season out like you're talking about Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson not even having uh two catches or three catches um a piece with Sam Howell in the game for three and a half quarters but you get Jacob Brissett in the game and he and and they're all contributing in a significant way and and that's unfortunate for Sam Howell right because he's just a young guy who who honestly while any opportunity that you get in the NFL you should take advantage of it because it's not it's not for long, right? You don't know when you're going to get your next one. But at the end of the day, if you don't take advantage of that, then, you know, this is, this is the result. And, and it's unfortunate for Sam.
0: I look and I see that the commanders have allowed 60 sacks so far this year. Is the offensive line that bad? Or do you put it more on Sam Howell? Because I'm just hoping that the Niners could get in on that action.
1: Honestly, that's a really good question because Jacoby – for what is worth, I don't think he's been sacked once since he's come in, right? Um, and he's had five drives, and, and funny enough, he scored on all five, right? They scored touchdowns on all five. Um, now, I don't think that's going to continue against the San Francisco 49ers, right? You're, you're talking about a full game now, a 60-minute game where Jacoby Brissett is in. Um, but when you look at the offensive line, even last year, the offensive line was terrible last year. Um, you had Andrew Norwell, who was pretty much like he was – past his prime um and Trey Turner who was another interior offensive lineman passed his prime right um these are people where you look at these guys and, and Carson Wentz who holds on to the football right mm-hmm. they didn't even reach 60 sacks last year on one quarterback right but this year they got 60 sacks on Sam Howe I think Rob to this point um I think the quarterback played a significant factor in the offensive line's inability to protect the quarterback um, now, granted, I do think that uh, the offensive line is is, is going to have some serious turnover this offseason. Um, I, I don't think it's like the best offensive line. I don't, I don't think it's even like an elite or very good offensive line. Like you have some pieces, especially on the interior, that you need to upgrade. Ron Rivera, for some reason, thought that Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul were the answers. Right. And, and now that's no disrespect to them. But it's like, why not take this situation seriously, especially if you're going to start a younger guy? Right. Osiris Torrance in the draft, you passed on him. There was another uh, a right tackle, I believe, uh, that Washington wanted. I, I believe he went to Chicago. Um, I'm not too sure. Either way, but it was an offensive lineman that they wanted in the draft, and they just missed on him. Um, but to that point, and even in free agency, you had opportunities over the years to to bulk up this offensive line, Um, and, and that's kind of where things hurt Washington. But it's not as bad as it seems, but it's also not that great. So I think all in all, for San Francisco – um, you'll probably get a couple sacks. Who knows if there will be game-changing plays from that? But Chico Brissett is a, a veteran who understands how to manipulate a pocket, um, and he can stand tall in the pocket as well and, and make some quick decisions. So it's going to be a little bit difficult. It's not going to be as easy if you were playing a Sam Howell who finds a way to run into sacks. And that's 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 the difference maker, Sam Howell and go, set
0: Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball now. Niners have the ball in offense against the commander's defense. Where can the 49ers attack Washington?
1: Well, um, you said that the the Washington's uh Washington's defense, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um. Honestly, the secondary is is so crazy, Rob, because when you look at the secondary for Washington, um, you know they drafted Manuel Forbes and Quan Martin in the first and second round, and the the idea was, you know, you think that they're gonna be the 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 the, the, the Swiss or the chess pieces to move around. Well, specifically Quan Martin. Right. That's the the safety, the nickel back, um, the slot corner, your buffalo nickel, right? Like you can put him all across the defense. And then Emmanuel Forbes, he's gonna be the person that creates turnovers because he's this uh he's this person with incredible hands and playmaking ability and 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 can really flip the field for your offense. And and none of that has really come to fruition. Um Emmanuel Forbes is seeing six snaps a game. Um, sometimes. Sometimes he's not even playing, like he's in a reserve role. He's got benched a couple times this year. Um, and, and to to answer your question directly, it is that secondary, it's that third level. Um, you're talking about a, a defense who I don't have the exact numbers, but I'm sure if they're not, if they're not number one, they're top three in terms of explosive plays allowed. I Remember mm-hmm. at one point they have given up close to 60 on the season. Um, and I, I for for a team who was as focused on the defense. In Ron Rivera's tenure, right? Um, this is probably one of the, the worst uh, asset or facets of the team. And you all have Chase Young now, right? Yes. That defensive line um, is not getting any pass rush. Um, I, I think since they've traded Chase Young and Montez sweat that same week, they had a nine-sack game against the New York Giants. And we all know how bad their offensive line is. And then you're talking about a person and Danny DeVito Tommy DeVito, <laughs> yes, Tommy Tommy DeVito. I've I done this a thousand times, by the way. But Tommy DeVito, who uh, you know he's still somewhat inexperienced, and he still won that game. But you sacked him nine times, mm-hmm. and and after that, Rob, you're at even with that. Um, you're talking about twelve sacks since since Chase Young and and Montez Sweat is gone. Um, it was only a nine sack game and a three sack game,
0: mm.
1: and you haven't had any sacks in any other game. Um, and, and to that point, like you're not creating that much pressure up front and you're also not getting home to the quarterback. So I think for those combinations of a terrible secondary and a team who's not getting any pass, up, uh, pass rush up front, um, you'll be able to find a way on that second and third level. To especially with the way Kyle Shanahan dials things up um, and, and the fact that your our safeties are struggling and Benjamin St. Juice has, has been one of the most targeted defensive backs in the NFL this year. Cornerbacks in the NFL this year, and he's not making any plays on the football. Those are kind of where that's that's exactly where you can target this defense. Is is finding ways to make plays on that second and third level. Uh play action to help you out a lot. Um, and it helps that you have Christian McCaffrey because this defense is somewhat went from uh viewed as respectable heading into the season to now downright terrible.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Brock Purdy in his press conference, when he talked about Washington's D, he talked about the interior of the defensive line being a strength. Is that the one area where maybe the Niners should avoid, just don't mess with the interior of the defensive line?
1: Um, no, you can, you can run, you can, I'm, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. You can, you can run on them too. I think, honestly, um, it's it's been an underwhelming season. Now, granted, for, for Purdy's sake, I, I will say this: John Allen, Deron Payne, like they're the staple of this defense in the sense of like they're still the guys who will make some plays here and there throughout a game, right? Um, but they're not the ones where you look at and say uh, they're uh, uh, Aaron Donald or uh, a Cam Hayward or like those those huge uh, presence on the, the interior who can really wreak havoc throughout the course of a game. They'll have some plays here and there, but it's nothing where it's like you'll look at a game and, and say that. Oh, yeah. They took over. And, and that's kind of the idea, especially when you pay those two, Rob, right? where, where you're saying we want to build this inside out in a sense. Right. You didn't pay Montez or you didn't pay Chase and mm-hmm. you allowed all your defensive ends. Um, Even with Chase and Montez, there's more, several more defensive ends who were on their last year of the deal. Chase, Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, FAO Bottle, who's on IR now. I know he's mad like you. you and, and on top of that, it's a lost season and the team sucks like. Like, all these people, you're relying on these two to, to step their game up, and it's been unfortunate because while they do some good things, um, they're not as good as you would like them to be, especially with the way in which the team had had uh, elevated them in terms of their prominence and, and their uh, respectability for the team. It's just, you can, still, you can still make plays on that interior route.
0: You mentioned Chase Young. He was asked about, you know, playing your old team this week, and he kind of downplayed it, but Nick Bosa said, that Chase is like, he's behind the scenes. He's like, it's a big deal for him. If you had to guess, how do you think Chase Young feels about the organization and facing his old team?
1: I don't know if you all noticed, this, because um, I, I would never forget this. <laughs> um, the day before Chase was traded, Chase's dad called up to a local radio station here and... Um, and in, in, instead of like, I, I won't give you verbatim because it was such a long time ago now. But he essentially said, um, "If you all didn't believe in Chase now, like you'll see that this wasn't this wasn't on Chase. Like this, what ha- what has happened in Washington isn't on Chase. You'll see as soon as he moves on. If he move, he said if he moves on. But you don't, like, you never caught into the radio before a day in your life. Like you, you knew before we knew that he was moving on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: like he gave that farewell, fu." To, to Washington, in a sense of like, um, y'all gonna see that Chase Young was a, was a dog, and, and y'all under y'all undervalued uh, him in a sense, right? To that point, um, this is a situation where I think that Chase uh, is definitely gonna be in a situ- situation where he knows that Ron Rivera's on that side of the, on that other side of the field. Um, he's back at FedEx. He knows that there's some people out there. Whether or not he f- takes a, a deep dive into social media. He knows that there's fans out there who didn't appreciate him. He knows that there's people in the in the in the coaching staff that didn't appreciate him. They said, funny enough, that I mentioned the sack numbers since Chase and Montez has been gone. Right? One of there's been uh, um, unfa- or off the record reporting where, or excuse me, on the record, but anonymous anonymous reporting. Excuse mm-hmm. me, where they're saying uh, addition by subtraction will make this defense look better, and they're targeting uh, those words are targeting Chase Young right and not necessarily Montez Sweat cuz they they love Montez Sweat and that's no disrespect to him cuz he he really was a good player but like you did that to say I don't care about Chase and trust me he, like you can play it off as far as you want in in the media but he's going to come back and say all right if y'all didn't appreciate me I'm going to make sure that I go as hard as I can now what I understand though too he gets in a lot on like third down or pass rush situations so he's going to take every single opportunity he could to go up against uh <laughs> If if uh, um, Charles Leno was playing or Andrew Wiley, however they however they match that up, he's going to try and eat. And and I think this is a a really good opportunity given the circumstances. He's he's fired up. I, I bet it.
0: That I didn't know any of that. So thank you for that. See, this is why we do this. We need to learn <laughs> these things every week. Uh, before we go, I I mentioned you're part of the Trapper Dive podcast. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I heard a little Brock Purdy on the Trapper Dive a little Brock Purdy slander on the Trapper Dive podcast with the word fraud was thrown around. Is that,
1: is that accurate? Oh, fraud. Um, you had to, I know, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh uh, yeah. I was like, hold on, wait, I know I didn't throw the word fraud out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a, I got a friend who, who is a, he's a Dallas fan and by nature, he hates everybody that beats uh the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Um, so you can kind of get the gist of of where that fraud word came from. Uh-huh. Um, and and to that, so I had to think about that for a second. Yes, that that fraud word was used. Um, me personally, since I'm on the show and he's not. Um, or since I'm in this recording and he's not. Um, I don't necessarily have an issue with Brock Purdy. I actually think it's fascinating that people find a way to discredit him. I do have a concern that popped up like within the, like the last week or two because it dawned on me just how ineffective. Uh what's his name Jimmy Garoppolo was when he went to to the Raiders right he mm-hmm. left Kyle Shanahan's offense and he went to now granted Josh McDaniels is proven to be a failure at two head coaching stops right so i don't know if he made if Jimmy made the right decision to go to to, to Vegas but at the end of the day you left Kyle and and then you get benched <laughs> and then you and then you look you also get benched not looking good at all like it wasn't just financial you like you didn't look good so my question when i think about this like Brock Purdy, I don't care about that four interception game that he had against the Ravens. Like, three of those were, were ones where I'm like, dang, you, it's just not your night because those are just fluke, right? Um, but then uh, th- the way he's able to process um, and, and make plays with his arm but also with his head um, and, and, and anticipating throws, like, that's really good. But how strong will it be if he was to go to a new system, right? Now, granted, y'all don't have to think about that right now because if it's working and you make a Super Bowl with him, right, good beans, but at the same time, like if something happens where you find yourself in a situation where you want to go to Trey Lance route again, not necessarily him, but you you want a quarterback in the draft because you want a better talent and you put Birdie, Purdy on the back burner. Now you're like, all right, was he really that good? I don't know. And that's my concern. But I think right now, if, if everything's working top tier, you ain't got nothing to worry about. He's in he a really good place.
0: Yeah, I'll cross that bridge when we get to it, that's I'm mm-hmm. just trying to ride this thing out. Look, I've seen franchise quarterbacks win Super Bowls. I've seen Trent Dilfer win a Super Bowl. I've seen Brad Johnson win a Super Bowl. And I don't really care which category Brock would fall into ultimately. I want the damn Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. We haven't won one since I was nine years old, and I'm going to turn 39 next month. I'm tired oh, of waiting.
1: But look, here's one thing, though, and and I'm actually glad that you brought up Brock Purdy because – um, you're a good follow. I-, I followed you for at least a couple of years now, but there was a moment that I-, I remember with you, Rob, where you mentioned or not mentioned, but you were getting flack from Niners fans where you were just very objective with Purdy at one point to the, to the sense of like, you weren't ready to crown him in a particular way. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't know where you are right now, but it's a good question to kind- for me to kind of get to you. Like, where are you on that bridge? Because you you did a really good job of, like, not necessarily buying into the people who were trying to tell you you're tripping for not making a decision or thinking that that Purdy is it prematurely.
0: Right. So my whole thing is everyone's like, we found our franchise guy. He's the man. We're good. And my whole thing is I'm not ready to say that about any quarterback until I've seen them start for two years. I need to see him start. I need to see a lot of games. I need to see, hopefully, like, different kinds of games. Games where guys are hurt. Cold games. Bad weather games. You know, are you behind? Can you come back? All this stuff. So I wanted a two-year window before I decided, like, hey, this is our franchise guy. You would have thought I said Brock Purdy sucks and the Niners should cut him. They came at me, Jamal. They came for me in the mentions. Now, a little less so. But apparently I said it's terrible thing about Brock Purdy. And I'm just trying to be, like you said, objective.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you, you don't, you don't, first of all, Twitter is Twitter. Fans, fans is fans. And I'll never forget. Like, it's very simple. It's a very simple it's, and, and very obvious statement to make. But like, fans is short for fanatic. And and they don't, they don't care anything about objectivity when it comes to their team. Especially when they're knee deep into like the emotional state of it. And and I think that the good thing I guess when you kind of take that part, the emotional side of is like you doing what you're doing in terms of reporting or or just even covering the team, kind of forces you to dive into the objectivity, right? And it's easier for you to do it, but just don't waver, Rob. Like don't 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 mm-hmm. let them don't let them folk get to you, because it's that's that's kind of where the, the trouble gets in is when you start kind of buying in or or trying to uh, what's it called like uh, sell yourself as mm-hmm. this super fan. Um, just, just be you Brandon. And that's why I was like, I, 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 saw you. Um, I just didn't know where you stood today. Oh, no, thank you. I'm in the same spot. I I'm
0: trying to be, and that's why like when he has a great game, people are like, Oh, are you sure he's not the franchise quarterback? And I say the same thing I'm going to wait. And then when he has a bad game, people are like, Oh, good job. Not naming him the franchise quarterback. And I say the same thing, like jury's still out. You know, I, I want to wait. I want to see more. Hopefully Uh, I get some good answers here as we come down the stretch and the Niners lock up the number one seed with two more wins. Thank you so much for taking the time. If you want to hear more from Jamal, you can follow him on Twitter, at LetMallTellIt, or listen to the Trapper Dive podcast, and you can read his work for HogsHaven.com, SP Nation's Washington Commanders community. It's really good to catch up with you again. Thank you, Jamal. Yes, sir.
1: Take care. Y'all be easy.